Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of White Label American. Thank you all for joining us today. And before we begin, I would like to give a shout out to Anthony Nekade, um, first Ijoma or Izonman, to make a donation to the podcast. And we, you know, we love people sending donations. So please keep the donations coming in. We love donations from all the Izon people. Everybody can make it and um, can make a donation. And um, just go on www.whitelabelamerican.com and hit the donation button or you can sign up on Patreon and give monthly um, and become a monthly um, subscriber. And for as low as $3, you can access bonus content. And um, if you can't, you know, we, we know inflation is high right now worldwide. So um, cash might be hard for you to come by if you can't, you know, give donations or join our Patreon or buy merch. Yes, you can support by also buying our merch. You can also support also by um, going on um, Apple Podcasts, which is the biggest platform, or Spotify, or Stitcher, and all other podcast platforms. But we prefer those three for the meantime being. And give a five-star rating and write a positive review. So we'd like to give a shout-out to Nancy, who just dropped an awesome review, and we appreciate you. So thank you very much. So with that being said, let's jump to today's guest. So I forgot to ask you how to pronounce your official first name, but you're going to tell us. That's going to be one of the questions because I've known this man for um, a long time since I got access to the internet, since I, we were, since I became an adult and I began to have pocket change and buy my own, um, we'll call it uh, internet, uh, inter- we'll go to internet cafes and then access the, the, the airtime for internet. And this was one of the first friends I had on the internet. And then he's also made me come to the UK. So he's um, also a digital content creator. He's an entrepreneur. He's um, a man who's into comedy, travel, soccer, food. He's married with two kids. And he's, um, he's, he can be serious and he can also be a business. Uh, he can also be a funny guy at the same time. So with that being said, unofficially, he's Louis. To many of us, but um, some officially he's Osse Monye. So welcome to the show, Osse. How you doing? I I, I went you, with the, I went with the shorter version of your name because you know they, they, <laughs> even though we are from the same area, um, yeah, they, 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 you're the first guest. So I'm like, yeah, I'm never gonna try pronouncing the official version of your name. <laughs> so first question that I will, I will before I even jump to first question, how you doing? And welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much, and good to see you again. Always, always. So uh, we still haven't had our official hangout in New York, which will come soon, hopefully. But um, how do we pronounce your full first name? I know Josh here is laughing now that uh, this is the first okay. guest. Over 100 episodes, and this is the first guest. That I'm like, yeah, well, even though we are close friends, I'm still like, yeah, I can't pronounce my close friend's first name. Josh is like, wow, this is a world record. No, the thing is, it, it's not your fault because um, I've started kind of pushing this name or, or made this name my first name in the last couple of years. 
so it's not it's not really your fault um, right i know but still i um most people from delta states which is your state of origin in nigeria um yeah. you guys have strong names they even my job people from there <laughs> so yeah just go ahead and pronounce the name for for the audience okay so the name is orieka Ose. so the the i think the easiest way to say it is just to break it into three okay orieka Ose. Okay, yeah, so that's the, so if I go the American way, I'll say Ori Eka Ose. So Ori Eka Ose. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Ori Eka Ose. Ah, it was easy. It was easy. I was just too Americanized <laughs> to start with. What, what makes it maybe slightly difficult as well is there, there are no, what are they called? Is it consonants breaking it yes. up? Yes. Yes. You know, this one, so you have vowels like I and then followed closely by E. Mm -hmm. So it makes it difficult. Some people might say Ori, yeah, they don't know like to. To cut it off, yeah. You know, if you have a name like, let's say, Ola Body, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. after the A, there's a B that tells you there's a break there. Then there's a D that helps you break it up. But in my in my case, there are vowels. So yeah. there's O before A, there's E before I. So it makes it a little bit more difficult. But if I break it down like this, say Ori Eka Ose, it makes it easy. Yes. Okay. Thank you for that. So. Um, next question will be what What are the meaning of uh, your beautiful names, and is there any story behind you having those names? Okay, yeah. So, um, growing up, Louis Louis was uh, my first name, and Rekose was my middle name. Rekose is obviously my, if you like, local name, my traditional uh, traditional name. name yeah. Yeah. So, Rekose actually has a very good meaning. It means he is in the hands of God. Okay. So Eka in my language is hand. Ose in my language is God. So Oreka Ose means he's in the hands of God. God. All right. Yes. And uh, your last name, Monye, what does that mean? Monye means is the is the kind of is the higher one that gives. Mm. Mo means kind of the higher being, like spirit world, like supernatural. Yeah. So yeah. it's the kind of the supernatural that gives as well. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And then Louis obviously is, is, is a French name which I have not so <laughs> which I have not sought to become a middle name. Louis is a is a French name that means treasure. Treasure. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. So you can you can you can make it all um he it's the higher one that gives treasure. I started doing that with some people's name when they give me the interpretations. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, we can just merge it all together and give you a variation yeah. like that. So yeah. yeah. So that's that's beautiful. So um can you introduce the audience to your place of birth and what your childhood was like? Okay, yeah. So I was born in a small town called Agbo. Agbo is in Delta State in a cast South local government area of Delta State in Nigeria. Um, Agbo is quite popular in the States. Um, it's quite known for a few things, um, but it's not that it, it's not that a big, a big kind of um, town. So that's where I was born, and I was there up till I was about 10, 11 years old. Then I moved to a bigger city called Wari. So Wapi. many people might know. <laughs> Many people might know worry more. So I moved over there and that's where I lived till I, you know, went to secondary school, university, and until I traveled out of the country. 
So what was your childhood like in um, Agbo? Okay, yeah. So my childhood was quite fun. Um, I was, I remember being loved a lot, like pampered a lot. Because the thing is, I'm the seventh out of seven children. Um, Ooh, <laughs> I don't like to say, I don't seventh. like to say I'm the last because I'm, <laughs> I'm never last in anything. <laughs> so I like to say I'm the seventh uh-huh. out of seven. So growing up, I had, you know, sis and elder ones. My immediate elder is, is three years older than me. So all of them are a lot older than me. They all took me like, you know, their kid brother, like yeah. this baby that they always looked after. And on top of that, I had, we, we, we lived in a big house. I had a lot of aunties and uncles and relatives living in our compound. So they all took this, you know, little Osea's um, <laughs> their baby. I was everyone's baby. Everyone really looked at looked after me. So I grew up kind of really pampered, I would say. Anytime I remember my childhood, I remember really, really being loved, really, you know, protected. Almost, maybe in some sometimes even almost overprotected. So that I was always, you know, people always looked at, oh, don't like I think that, that has even contributed to me now that I I could be maybe risk adverse. So yeah. because they didn't let me really. Like when I saw that children with my age go out and play, ride bicycles, go into the bush, all that kind of stuff, they won't let me do any kind of stuff like that because they didn't want me to have any injuries. Any, like I was oh. always overpumped, yes. Wow, that's not the uh, the picture I got from you since, since I yeah, but they, yeah. So 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 that's that that, that was definitely my childhood. Yeah. Like I said, I left I left about as as age 10, 11, I went to worry. So in worry was slightly different because I didn't have that if you like cotton wool around me. So okay, kind of changed a little bit from then on. Were you still with your parents or did you stay with someone else in worry? No. So when I went to worry, I went to live with my eldest sister. Okay. So my eldest sister got married um, around just you know around that time, and then she she husband lived in worry, so she obviously moved to worry to live with the husband. And after a while, she. And she approached my parents that she wanted me to come live with her if they, if they were allowed to happen. And that's how I went to live with her. And yeah. So, when Wari and Agba, which city do you identify with the most? Uh, to a large extent, Wari, because as I, w- I went to Wari as soon as I finished primary school. Yeah. So, I started. Even though I, I started JSS one in Agbo for maybe the first couple of months, then I went to worry. I kind of started JSS one again from okay. worry. So I spent JSS one to the whole of secondary school in worry, and then when I was going to university, so worry was my base. So from 10, 11 years old up till I left Nigeria, it was worry. Oh, so, so your formative years were in worry. My main formative teenage years yeah. definitely wasn't worry. Yes. Wasn't worry. Okay. Yeah. So, well, so well, more, more of my friends, for example, would yeah. be worried. Worry. Because <laughs> um, the people I know in Abu will probably be my primary school mates, yeah. not secondary university. Yeah. Okay. So we'll come back to worry. But um, for your favorite childhood memory, what where I, I believe that will come from Agbo. And the right childhood memory will come from Abba, yes. So what 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 will you consider that to be? I would I I don't think I can I can say one thing. I, I can you say can that give two, two, two I can say it's every every of my birthday. Mm. Because one thing that is also kind of I say it's is a fun fact about me is my birthday is the first of October. 
Oh, so as yes, you know, true, national holiday in Nigeria. So <laughs> Nigeria is so my birthday is always like a natural holiday already. Anyway, people will be at home, they will already be in a celebratory mood, and then my birthday falls on the day. So yeah. my birthday was always special. Do you get what I mean? Yes. So my birthday was always special because it was a national holiday already, everyone was around. So instead, like in my home, instead of celebrating, I mean we'll just watch maybe the presidential address in the morning yeah and, the and that was pretty day. early too so yeah yeah so that would be out of the way and then maybe we'll go and do a match pass at the government feed mm-hmm. that's it the rest of the day will be all about me <laughs> so <laughs> every of my birthday is, uh, is is like a favorite day of mine because yeah it was unique yeah you know now i just thought about it i don't think i ever attended a birthday on first of october Throughout yeah. my, my time in Nigeria. I don't well, you are invited, invited to the next one. So <laughs> yeah, if, if you make your trip to London again. <laughs> ah, I love that. <laughs> ah, worry. Okay. So um, you went to school in Worry and um, you uh, did secondary school and then. Um, went to university before you will leave Nigeria. So um, let, let me also ask for what, what would you consider one of your, because um, now you're also in the uh, content creating space, but you're not just limited to one version or form of content creating. So before we officially come to content creating, you have to, you, you, you've been around stories and stories have uh, impacted you in your life. So, what, what, uh, when do you remember, or uh, what do you remember as the first story that had an impact, or that, uh, yeah, how, let me say it this way. What do you remember as the first story to have had an impact on you? Or like what, a personal what, story or... It, it could be, it, it just, you know, looking back now, like when did you, like when was a story told to you that had an impact that you were like, hmm, maybe this is something that you don't know, how, like you may not have realized it, but just mm. at this moment I'm asking you, when did you have a story that maybe it was in Agba or maybe it was in Worry that was told to you and you were like, wow, this this story just stayed with you. It has always stayed with you in one way or the other. Okay. So the, the okay, so as you say now, it just is interesting because it just makes me think back and I can see that there's been kind of a link about all my life. Um when I was a lot younger, I heard this story about obviously our boy is like the kind of like a metropolis, and within that we come from like different villages and different quarters. Yes. Um I happen to come from a particular quarter that is at least around our is known for some specific things. And when I was when I was a lot younger, one of the stories I heard is that in my particular quarter, we we they do this. What how would I call it? They do this um, medication that helps fight poisonous um, any poison basically. From okay. animals or insects, mm. more specifically snakes. Okay. Yeah. So I was told the story of how, in like in my my particular, so like I said, that boy is a is a is a, is a metropolis. Yes. Within that, you have villages and you have quarters. Yeah. 
So unique to my own quarter is called Ogwe Saba, by the way. Ogwe Saba, yeah. They have this um, thing that they do where every year, it's not, it's not a vaccine per se, it's more of a cure. So if, if someone has a snake bite, yeah. you come to that place and they give you that medication, it will neutralize the poison. Mm. Not just is more famous for snakes, but yeah. it also extends to scorpions, any other any insects. You know, there are some so, yeah, and any venomous, any venomous, but any venomous, yeah, yes. But it's more famous for snakes. And I heard that story a long time ago, like when I was young, and it kind of made this impact and it gave me this kind of pride to say, you know, my people, even though. Even though it's not like modern technology wasn't like this facility that produces, you know, <laughs> medicines and all stuff, but it's true local herbs, like they go to the farm and they have these herbs. Yes. And, and it's not just done once, actually every year, because some of these things change. Sometimes they discover new species of, obviously, back home. Sometimes they discover new species of snakes or new species of insects. So the venom sometimes changes. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that every year they renew it, almost like you know the way you have the flu jab here, yes. in the UK, yeah. where every year they are renewing it because the flu has different variants and it keeps you know, of changing. Course. So even back then they had the same system where every year they were renewing it in that form. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I get it. I get it. And I'm, I'm glad <laughs> so, you, you went with something like that because I I, I wasn't, um, I officially didn't have that written down, but I just recalled that. Yeah, why, yeah, why, why don't I ask I, you I about this story? I, yeah, up to you. Up to, up to you, you ask this question. I didn't, even, I didn't even think about it in that way, but you asking that question, that kind of brought it back to me to see, like, you see that like there's a lineage and a connection from there when is. I was young and to what is kind of still important to me today. Yes, you know that kind of kind of set other that kind of pace, and you know, because I find it really unique. Although, like what I'm saying, um, many people maybe even outside the state will not know about it because, as you know, we don't we don't really tell our stories as much. So it's become kind of incumbent on me to tell a story like this. You know, that yeah. people need to know about this kind of stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that, so, that that's why I asked and. I'm glad that you you went with a story like that because it's not just a story for the sake of being a story. Our history is part of global history. And, you know, when I began this podcast, I may not have come to that realization, but the more you do something, you know, the, the more your eyes become more open. And while you were talking about the... the, the um, our, our our people because your people are still my people just a matter of different tongue you know but we are still we're literally in the same area and they updated their their system for um they, they were kept updating this the 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 um the anti-venom mm-hmm. for, that they had which showed that they were updating that's the keyword yeah. updating yeah which is what i wanted to specify because I've seen something similar with um, a place that has a huge amount of venomous um, creatures, uh, Australia. They, well, I think after a few people had died, or a lot of people had died, you know, they, they one, t- it, one day they came to realize, that, hey, you know, there are some indigenous people that have been living here for a long time. You know, they, they have been dealing with this before we came here. <laughs> Maybe we should talk to them. 
And then you start talking to them and discover, hey, these guys had ways of dealing with the same snakes and all these animals that are, quote unquote, poisonous. So how do they deal with the bites and all that? And you start seeing something similar to your quarter in Agbo and that mm -hmm. information now, the difference is that we are now in, a, in an age where you can digitalize um, yeah. that information. And then you cannot have, um, you know, I had uh, one of the, the best, uh, one of the, yeah, he's one of the best surgeons um, from your part of the world. Um, well, he was born in Bangladesh, but he lives in London, um, um, Professor Safi. And he also had touched on something like this, that you can merge information like from Agbo with the the schooling that they have in London and medical schools and you bring both of them together, but you know, someone like you telling that story and then someone like a professor Ahmed, uh, Safi Ahmed, hearing that and it's like, hey, why are we not talking to people like that? And mm -hmm. bring those two information. It shouldn't be like we, we are we are rivals. It should be rivals because mm -hmm. everything that we have today came from someone like from Agbo. But, you know, with time, somebody now starts acting like, oh, only we, we are the only ones that have all the access. But no, everything came from, you know, it, the, everything came from that type of um, information. And then we update it, you know, and we update it. And the yeah. fact that the people of Agbo, of well, one part of Agbo, have always been updating their information over the years, whether they do it orally or as we've been discovering in many places, they've they've been writing. Some people had some form of writing, but the key word is updating, and that's why I I love that you went with something like that. That just shows that uh, it's not until a missionary pops up that you know, oh yeah, we we, we actually can do yeah, that. No, 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 no. There's so much, there's so much that we we are beginning to find out in these days, and that's why I love. Because like you said, you know, like the you. Australians have been gave. People have been living in those places and been dealing with those things, you know, for thousands of years. Yeah. And they've been surviving. And they already have solutions to most of these things. It's just like, it's just that, you know, in quotes, foreigners or strangers, you go somewhere, maybe because you don't know what is existing, or maybe because they don't trust you enough to like show you everything, you kind of almost have to start, you know, rediscovering what is already there. And then that's where we start having these terminologies of, I discovered stuff. Exactly. I don't think there's much discovery. You discovered it for yourself. It doesn't mean that that thing didn't exist before. Yeah. So yeah, if you're talking to yourself and maybe people like you, it might be a discovery, but it's not a discovery to the locals per se. That's true. So um, I was still, I still have another question about Agbo. So I was on a platform recently with um, a couple of Nigerian-born individuals. And um, after the recording was over, an argument broke out between uh, someone from your part of Nigeria and another person from just across the river Niger. <laughs> and the person from your state of origin said, Agbo is not part of the Igbo tribe. Okay. That they shouldn't, um, the person from across the river Niger shouldn't claim Agbo is part of the, uh, the the Igbos. And the person from across river Niger was pointing out that people from Agbo, um, Gwashuku, are all, uh, they all attend, they have representatives at Ohaneze um, meetings and they're, that um, 
there's a possibility there's a possibility that the next um, head of Ohanese might even come from that area. So, um, for you personally, do you consider Agbo to be part of the Igbo people? And if it's too controversial, you don't have to answer that, but just try well, to get your opinion. Yeah, yeah, of course I can answer. Um, uh, it's not necessarily like a personal thing. Um, I'll answer it first, then I'll give you a bit of a background. Okay. Abo is definitely not part of Igbo, for sure, definitely. Yeah? Okay. So <laughs> let's get that very clear first. So, but the background is, Abo in itself, is part of say a car south local government area and on a bigger level is part of a car land a car means I, that's ika yeah yeah now a car land as a whole covers a bigger area so it covers places like Owai, it covers places like umwede abavo otolopo so many other areas yeah, yeah. It, this in fact it spans into a little bit of a do state a car land I'm talking about now. Mm-hmm. Now, Abo is the, the biggest and the most developed in the whole, biggest town and the most developed and the most popular in the car land, right? So, because it's now part of this bigger area that is now called a car, people, like, it kind of distorts the history of Abo in itself. There are, there are parts of a car land that traces their history to Igbo, Igbo land, which is in Ri, in Anambra State. Okay. I think it's in Anambra State, yes, in Ri. That's some parts of Eka land, like I said, like some parts of Owa. So not the whole of Eka land, but some parts. Yes. Right. So as far as I know, I know I know about history for sure, and I know it's definitely not Igbo. But so from not, what not I know... So not even in the language? There's no similarities? Or, is there similarities? Well, there are some similarities. Okay. There are some similarities in the in the language, but Abo language in itself is definitely different and unique. If I'm speaking Abo, the Igbo person might claim to understand it bits, but maybe they might understand maybe 20 to 40 percent at most. Okay. And that is if I'm being more, more basic. If I if I speak core Abo, yeah. Maybe at best, I understand 30%. And maybe that's the one that has maybe missed you with an Igbo person. Mm. But okay. Igbo language, if you speak Igbo language, so if you speak Igbo language, I mean, we all know that even when I say Igbo language, you know that Anambra is different from Uweri. Yes. Uweri, different from Umwa here. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so if we speak, say, Anambra, for example, Anambra is just messed up the data state. I personally will understand probably 99.9%. Mm. It, that, that begins to fade when you go to where say Umwahia. Yeah, it begins to the, that percentage begins to reduce. But in the other way, an Igbo person will not necessarily understand Abo unless they have either lived in Abo or really mingled to the Abo person. So what I'm trying to say to you is Abo in itself, the history does not, there's no evidence anywhere that is is part of Igbo or has links with Igbo, apart from as a neighbor. Because, like you've rightly said, um, Igbo area is just, it's just, they are our neighbors, it's just next door. And a lot of Igbo people lived in Abo. And back in the day, we had 
with the advent of churches, the Catholic Church, yeah. there's a lot of domination of Igbo people in the Catholic Church, yes. especially back in the day. There's a lot of domination of Igbo people who worked also with the whites as admins and clerks and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So with the with the movement of um, if you like the colonial masters around the country, they moved around with a lot of Igbo people and they were kind of in admin positions. So a lot of Igbo people were teachers or were um, priests or were reverend sisters and all that kind of stuff. And as you would know, with education and religion, a lot of things get kind of passed down. So if I have an Igbo teacher, for example, I'm more likely to start learning some things that are in quote Igbo. Oh, okay. okay. The same way, yeah. if in church they spoke Igbo, yeah. because the priest is Igbo or the Reverend Sisters are Igbo, you can see where some of the influence will start coming in. Also, if Igbo traders are in the market, you yeah. can see where the influence will start coming start, in. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is we might see today some, some um, similarities but those are merely influences because we have kind of, because of the integration and interaction, not because there is an ancestry linkage, no, mm-hmm. not with Abo. Yeah. It could be, could be with some other parts of a land, like I said, with, or, say, Owa, for example. Probably, yes, with that. Look, why I'm giving you that background is, because Abo is the kind of the most popular in that whole Eka area, people refer to that whole Eka area as Abo. Okay, it makes sense. Now. So, yeah, chances are that you up to maybe now you never heard of Owa. Yeah, correct. I've never heard of Owa. That's true. Okay, you never heard of Umwede, correct? No. Okay, I mentioned in Eka land, for example, there are eleven clans. Abo is one of them, but people outside refer to that whole area as Abo. That's correct. For example, the, the, the train station today, the train station is in, in a place called Owoyibo, which is the headquarters of a Kano East local government area. But if you go there, the signboard says Abo train station. Oh. Even though it's even in a different local government area. Yeah. Because people in Abuja, people outside regard that whole area as Abo. Oh, okay. okay. It, makes, it makes sense. I get are, it. Are you, are you getting yeah, it? I get it, man. I get it, man. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you for that context. So now, now I get it. Okay, it makes it. Now I, I know how to approach. Next time an argument like that is happening around me, and I, I know what I will say. So, <laughs> you see, that, that was another reason why I'm glad I brought you here. So, see, that's why we have to have you on the podcast so that you can help diffuse, you know, educate us and, you know, bring so much knowledge here. So, um, by the time you decided to go to university or college, as we say here in America, um, how did you know what you were going, what you wanted to study, or what you, yeah, what you decided to go study? As in, um, university, yeah, yeah. You well, you went to university in Nigeria, right? Yeah, I went to university in Nigeria. Actually, I wanted to study petrochemical engineering. That was what I actually wanted to study. Which is um, a big thing for Niger Deltans. <laughs> Big thing for that, as you know, you know, we come from Nigeria, so <laughs> petrochemical, you work refinery, you know, in the oil industry. So that that was kind of the attraction. Plus, at at a younger age at mm-hmm. the time, 
petrochemical just sounded cool, you know. Yeah. <laughs> petrochemical engineer. Mm. And obviously, I knew that, you know, working in the oil industry, there was um, going to be money in it. However, um, the science, I, I did sciences up to Wayek and Jam, but I struggled with physics. I didn't pass physics mm. in my in my Wayek, which is the, the for those who don't know, yeah. that's the exam it's the West African exam that you write. That's your uh, your final year exam after um high school. And um, yes. so yeah, what was that? GRE? That's GRE here, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So um every time I would pass the rest of the um, subjects, but I would not pass physics. So after Two attempts, I decided to abandon <laughs> abandon sci- pure sciences mm-hmm. and then went into social science. So I went for finance and I ended up studying business admin. Yeah, and then Nigerian schools, you, 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 if you don't get all your sciences, forget about it. <laughs> you can't go yeah. any, you can't go anywhere near anything that requires science. You got to get all the sciences. Just letting the audience know how Nigerian um, university system works. If you want yeah, to, I mean, go... I, I was very good with chemistry, mm-hmm. biology, and the rest, but for some reason, physics. I mean, I don't want to go into maybe blaming the physics teacher, you know. <laughs> Those who would know Nigerian system would know that sometimes either the math teacher or the physics teacher, they were always like, <laughs> they were always like devil incarnate. They like were, they were. I, I, I never had any so, math teacher that I liked. It was until I came to, I attended university in uh, American University. That I was like, oh, hey, I, I can act- I actually knew math. It was the teachers that I... <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you, know, you know, the teachers actually, I mean, again, I don't want to kind of blame them, but to a large extent, I think the teacher um, plays a role, a big role in 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 the subjects that you tend to like. True. Like, I really liked my my uh, chemistry teacher, for example. I, I still remember, I still remember he was from Calabar. A very nice, very nice guy. So he, he just made me fall in love with chemistry. And chemistry was just, you know, he made it very, very easy for me. But physics... I never liked the guy. <laughs> so, um, before we come to the UK, uh, we shall take a quick break. And then when we come back, um, we shall talk UK and then um, eventually get into content creating. Hi, everyone. We've made it two years and who would have thought so? So, let's go for that. And make it three, make it four, make it five, make it six. Who knows? 20. But we can't do this without your support. So join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash white label American POD pod or linktree.com slash white label American. Go there and you will see our Patreon link and you can join us for as low as $3. We have bonus content, we have bonus materials. There's so much juice over there that we don't release to the public. And yeah, you can contribute in making this podcast better. You can send questions, you can send your ideas. And also there's a lot of new things that are coming. The announcements are made on Patreon first because we have to, you know, take care of people who help make this podcast possible so you can be the one to make this podcast what you want it to be come join us on patreon and make it what you like to see join us make it fantastic keep the five stars coming in keep the love coming in thank you for the privilege of your company
Welcome back and thank you for staying with us. So, you decided to move to the UK and uh, was there any chance that you could have ended up somewhere else instead of the UK? Um, I mean, I was open to uh, going somewhere to mainly for greener pastures, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think where I was open was either America or the UK. All right. But what really influenced um, the UK is more that my brother was here already, my older brother was here already. All right. So you, you got somebody to to be there in case, you know. Yeah, that, that helps too. That helps. So um I gotta ask this question. What what was your airline? You remember the airline that you took when you were leaving Nigeria? Yes, I remember. I actually remember the entire trip like <laughs> like it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, just before I came, because the thing my kind of question now is that um I'm a bit of an overplanner. You know, I, I get into the details a lot. So, when, even when I was thinking about coming here, the, the school application I remember, I already started checking out the airlines that go to London, to Nigeria, and everything. And British Airways stood out for me. They say, ah, British Airways, London Heathrow. So I already kind of had the picture in my head. So when it got to the time where I was going to get um, the a flight ticket. My my dad was like, okay, have you checked it? Well, which what, what flight is it? How much is it? And I just said British Airways. At the time it was 100 k At the time it was 400 pounds. That's that's what we call the good old days now. Yeah. Dang. So yeah, it was British Oh man. So was that your first time flying out of Nigeria? Very first time flying out of Nigeria, yes. Okay. Actually, first time on a plane, yes. First time on a plane. So how was that? what was that flight for you? What was that experience like? Um, it was interesting. Actually, I even almost missed my flight. Because the thing is, I am my I am one of my brothers went to Lagos. We went to the, we actually arrived early. Went to the airport. We checked the bags in. So I had my hand luggage. We went somewhere else to see a family friend. Had a few drinks. You know, it was very celebratory. Yeah, this guy is doing so it's a celebration always. <laughs> All that kind of stuff. So we kind of re- relaxed a bit too much. Closer to the flight, we now left the house and I went to the airport. There was no traffic. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we were stuck in traffic. By the time we got to the airport, it was the, the flight time was like really close. What saved us was that I had checked in my bags earlier on. Oh, okay. So Man. all the processes were done. It was just to you know go yeah, go to the, the gate. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of ran through, and I was the very last person to go through the gate. In fact, as soon as I entered the plane, the the, the officer just closed the door and they said that they've been, they've been announcing my name all this while. They closed um, the door yeah. even before I got to my seat. Like as, as soon as I entered, they just closed the door. <laughs> and, and I went to no, no, but nobody to was doing. Look at him! <laughs> Look at him! Where you been? This this young one, young boys, delaying the flight. Huh? We should have left. Delaying us. <laughs> and, I, and I sat. I, I, like I said, I remember the flight very well. I sat next to someone who was actually going to 
I can't remember the particular city in America, but the person was on their way to America, so they were using London as uh, oh okay, uh, connecting connect flight. flight. Yeah, so I, I remember <laughs> like during the flight when they sell food and everything. It was my first time on the on the plane. Obviously, very naive and everything. And the guy was friendly. He was an Igbo guy actually. So after a while, I, I asked the guy, "Am I am I acting weird? Like am I behaving like a JJC?" The guy laughed. I said. <laughs> <laughs> You got laugh and say, no, 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 you're, you're okay, actually. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, man, you were better than me. You asked. Me, I was just, I just, I was like a statue. <laughs> I, I thought I was too good to ask questions. You see, at least you asked. <laughs> you know, I, was a bit, I was a bit worried. I hope I wasn't doing too much. I hope I'm not acting out of whatever. Am I doing everything correctly? So I asked the guy, oh, am I behaving okay? Everything is okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember the laugh. The guy laughed and laughed. Oh, man. But he was, he was cool. He said, no, 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 you're all right. Oh, so, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That, that, that first flight, man. That first flight. So it's, it's always memorable. <laughs> so um, you flew straight to London, right? Yeah, straight to London. Straight to London. So... What was your first welcome to London moment for you that was like, wow, I'm no longer in Nigeria. This is a shock for me. Yeah, so yeah, so I landed, I landed Heathrow, and obviously they're collecting on bags process. One thing that shocked me is because I came in in February. February is like one of the coldest months, you know, in, in the UK. So I had prepared when I was coming, I had bought like warm clothes, you know, stuff like that. But when I came and discovered the airport, it wasn't cold. So I was thinking, what well, have I come to the right place? <laughs> was there? I hope I'm not still. I hope I'm not still in Nigeria because it doesn't feel good here. <laughs> so obviously, I took off. I took off my jacket because it was a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be warm cold. inside. So I took off my jacket, hung it, you know, freestyle over my shoulders. Like, ah, is this the code they're talking about? It's not code. Yeah, I can. I can handle this. It's not code. So I obviously collected my bags, came back, took my stuff. Made a phone call to my brother of the state. My wife came to the airport to pick me. So, but as soon as we came out, <laughs> that's when he could hit. <laughs> that's when he could hit me. I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I then put on my jacket quickly yeah. because he was just like walking into a freezer. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That, that, that first cold, man. <laughs> <laughs> That was me. Yeah, in the airport, I was thinking, oh, there's nothing. Like, I can yeah. handle this. I don't even need my jacket. Nope. I need to take it off. I was like, there's nothing here. Why are people complaining then? Uh, yep, that was me, man. At that time, I arrived in America. You know, my Mine was November. So, well, I left okay. Nigeria October 31st. So, I arrived uh, November 1st. So, you know, when I was November talking, is a cold month. Yeah, it was cold. But, you know, uh, I wasn't aware that, you know, America would do our own thing instead of... Um, um, uh, we use uh, Celsius, uh, right? Instead of Fahrenheit, or is it the other way? And, you know, I was watching CNN International. My mom had told me to bring, wear the, the weather, the uh, cold weather jacket and all that stuff. Yeah. And I was watching CNN International, and they said, uh, they showed Lagos, 35 degrees, uh, um, Washington, D.C., 35 degrees, and I'm going to Dallas Airport in Washington, D.C. It's 35. I'm like, oh, 35, 35. I mean, I'm sweating in Lagos right now, so it's the same. <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, bring uh, wet winter jackets, no? So I beg. 
I just wear a sweater and I didn't even take the coat, the biggest sweater. I just wore one light sweater and you know, I want to show style show style. You know, same thing too now when you're walking through the airport. Yeah, I'm like man, I'm, I'm, it's not cold. Yeah, because uh, it's heat again. Yeah, you, you forget all that stuff until uh when I got to the arrival section, you know, where people welcome you and my mom saw me, my mom's like, This boy, I knew you know where you know I said, Well, calm down, woman. It's uh my mom's like, I brought a jacket for you. I knew you wouldn't bring a jacket. I was like, that old people, I'm not wearing this stuff. It's not even fashionable. As well as I step outside the building, that first wind blow. And it wasn't even the coldest time of the year, Seth. It was just that first wind blow. Like, Yay! I beg, I beg, take me back. Take me back. I'll come back when it's warm. <laughs> ah! Oh man. <laughs> so the, the, the code is very different. I mean, yeah. it's, not, it's not like the AC, the air conditioning. No, 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 no. It's, uh, yeah, you believe. You just believe. Immediately, immediately the code touch you. <laughs> you start to believe. Nobody will tell you anything. Uh, all <laughs> you the, all the doubt, the doubt leave your body immediately. You're like, whoa, whoa. You, you didn't tell me it was this cold. You were telling me cold. You didn't tell me it was this cold. It happened. <laughs> Okay, yeah. So what you're saying is that you missed up the Fahrenheit with yeah, Celsius. Okay, yeah, well, okay. I was like, but it wasn't. It, it wasn't still their. Fault. It was my fault. But now I'm blaming mm. them still. <laughs> I was telling my home girl in South Africa this story. My home girl was like, "Oh man, she's like you." you she like, oh, she will never, she will never stop laughing every time she remember this story. She will remember something and just call me and say, oh, I remember this story of you coming out of the airport, say, ah, it's too cold, it's too cold. I'm going back. I'll go back to Lagos. I'll come back when it's warm. <laughs> oh man. Oh. So that first day is always interesting. Like I remember, even up to we got to the house and. I remember like when, when we left the airport <clears throat> on our way out, I noticed um, there was this building like in central, and you notice what do I call it? Is it vapor coming out from the top of the building? Oh yeah, yeah, like uh, it's like the the steam evaporating, right? Yes, yeah, steam. Yeah, so yeah. obviously, I think it's the heating system. Yeah, the heating system. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, why is no one like that building is on fire? Why is no one saying anything? <laughs> I genuinely thought in my mind that the building was on fire. And I was thinking, like, am I the only one seeing this? And I didn't want to send it to me because I didn't want to look like, like an idiot. Like, like I'm a JDC, like, you know. Like, uh... And I'm thinking, is there no one, is there no one saying this building is on fire? Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Nothing beats yeah. when we are brand new, man. It was well. memorable. Then we went into a McDonald's um, and then I wanted hot chocolate. Obviously, because I wasn't, it was the first time in my life I was having hot chocolate. I mean, we have tea, bombita, that kind of yeah. like, drinks in Nigeria, but not this kind of type of hot chocolate. It was like boiling hot. Uh-huh. So I didn't know. Obviously, <laughs> there was a lid on it as well, so I couldn't even see anything. So I just kind of drank it Woo! and I burnt my tongue. <laughs> I burnt my tongue on the first day. <laughs> I had to go to the chemist because my tongue was actually burnt. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that first day, like yeah. <laughs> so much memories. Even when I went to the to the pharmacist and I said I drank hot chocolate on my on my tongue was burnt. <laughs> the person at the counter started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like how did you 
You missed an opportunity for lawsuits. <laughs> yeah, maybe if I knew I knew now. Uh, because actually, I think I've actually heard someone, someone actually sued them and got and got money for it. Because I don't know if it would have worked for you. Hot, but they don't expect it to be boiling hot. Well, I don't know if it would have worked for you because the person already got money by then. But uh, I, I just mean you, you still missed an opportunity to try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember they gave me some gel. I had to put some gel on my tongue. Oh. Oh man, yeah, I me, mean, I, I still can't do like boiling hot uh, drinks though. But yeah, well, man, that's uh, oh the first the first few days. I mean, I still get some shocks now, but it's it's still <laughs> they're still priceless. <laughs> oh man, ah, <laughs> uh, so you arrive in the UK, you start settling in. Um, um how, how did you now go about career you know you're working you know how did you figure that out yes i arrived in uk i was um i actually arrived to study to do my masters yeah so by the time um actually the school had already resumed so i was kind of a week or two behind already at the time so I obviously went to school registered and you know, that kind of environment um, I, I was still with my brother at the time, but I was very eager to look for a job to start making money because you know, you the, know the, the hustle, the hustle, <laughs> <Once they travel. laughs> the next minute, everybody's expecting oh. that you, you will send a message. I'm telling you, <laughs> so I was very eager you know, to get a job. I remember telling my brother, like, any job, we wouldn't be sweeping the streets, anything. <laughs> my brother used to laugh at me and I was like, calm down, just for now, focus on the school, relax, like, calm down, you know. And then gradually I got something, someone introduced me. I actually started my very first job as um, as a cleaner in a shop because I was that, you know, desperate to start, get, start earning money and stuff like that. My immediate need then was even calling back home. Yeah. You know, you have to, at the time, you have to, it's not, it's not this that we have WhatsApp, mm-hmm. you know, like, WhatsApp calls and stuff. So um, at the time, you had to buy calling cards. Calling cards. Man. Those guys, so those guys are all out of business now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have money, so I had to, you know, start doing something. I needed to buy clothes. Obviously, my brother gave me clothes. And, uh, yeah. But obviously, you needed to start getting But you, you, you needed the clothes for your, yeah, easy, your brother's yeah. fashion sense and your fashion yeah, sense. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, my actual, my actual first job was, was, was at a cleaner um, in, a, in, a, in a shop. Yeah. Wow. So um, you and I, because before, um, I think this kind of played a role with the content creating without us realizing it. So the way you and I met was through the internet. And yeah. we met on a website that's now uh, a social a social media platform that is now defunct. I, I don't think we even knew that that was social media. I, well, to me, I didn't call it social media back then. I just called it a website. And that was yeah. highfive.com. That yes. was the place. Yeah. And, you know, I would just go there and um, I just, that was literally, that was like a year before I left Nigeria. Well, yeah, that was like a year before I left Nigeria. I would just come into one of the rooms and one day I don't even know how I, I don't even know how I found the room that you guys that you used to be in and 
then you guys, you know, I'll just come, blah, 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 leave messages and you guys will <laughs> respond. And then next thing I arrived in America and then we're always throwing banter back and forth. And hey, that's how all of a sudden we became a community. So you, do you remember the very first time you communicated with me? <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember the very first time we communicated. No, I can't remember. But I remember obviously that we met in, in the forum yeah. room and we were chatting and stuff. Actually, you know, it was even recently I was thinking about it. Clubhouse, Clubhouse is just like an audio version of High Five. It is. <laughs> it's just an audio version of High Five. I think if if High Five had that um, um, foresight to, uh, ex- I think if I think because I five, I think I five, they just they were getting engagement, so I think they just felt like there's not not not, not yeah. we don't need to do anything else, so we just yeah. we're just good because I five was more it was bigger than Facebook. Oh yeah, it was because like, I remember people begging me to come join Facebook. Then I like, mm, yeah, what? What that, is this? What is this Facebook? At the time, there was no Facebook. <laughs> Facebook came later, and there was even a hesitation. To yeah, it was a lot of begging. Like, come to Facebook. Yeah. Come to Facebook. I'm like, mm, no. What is this Facebook? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Face what? <laughs> we are here fighting. We are here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the action is here. I come here. If I, if I don't want to talk to Nigerians, I will go talk to Ghanaians. If I don't want to talk Ghanaians, I can go talk to uh, the, the, some football rooms. I'm just so, I'm like, eh, what is this Facebook? It look boring. I don't know. Yeah. So what, what am I doing on Facebook? Nah, nah. So uh, they just, I, I think they just felt like they had the world cornered. And mm-hmm. yeah, so well, why do anything? That was it. I think that was just their mindset. Like, I, But I think they were doing, they were introducing features but I don't know if those features were that much engaging because after a time you could then upload pictures. After a time, you could yes, do I remember that. After a time, you could upload videos and listen. Oh, to... you could up- upload videos. Yeah, after a... I don't know if you could upload video, but I, 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 I remember the there was problems with pictures at one point because I know there was a struggle. Well, mm. I had, um, after I came out of uh, basic training, I was trying to upload pictures. And yeah, the pictures I I couldn't upload them on High Five, and then I think that was the first time I uploaded photos to Facebook, and everything just went through. And I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe I'll use this Facebook, and that was that was literally my turning back on High Five. Yeah, and I mean, I, yeah. I, do you remember Niger? Is it Niger loaded or Niger reloaded? I think That's so. Cool. Yeah, I think it was Niger reloaded. I think that yeah, was that kind was, of. It kind of went a few a few Nigerians developed that website, so it kind of became another version of High Five. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And then they had some there you could then I think what was this other website where you could then you could almost like sync it to a music streaming site? Oh, um is it MySpace? MySpace, yes. MySpace. So MySpace. I you know what I never shut down my MySpace account so <laughs> I don't know what my MySpace account Oof, that, uh, you know, people might cancel me if they go see my MySpace account now yeah, I, I never I, really liked MySpace I, 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 I opened a MySpace like account I try to money. I try to put uh, music there but I, I I don't know there was some there was some requirements or something. 
And I was mm-hmm. like, ah, I'm not doing this is too much work. And uh, I, I just high five. High five was so easy back then. Yeah. It's not these days where we now we give out information. We don't think it's just it's, uh, emails, password, mm-hmm. data, data, and you just put it everywhere. Back in the day, if they ask you one or two things, like you start suspecting the website, like why do you need why do you need all this information? <laughs> but these days we just give out all our information. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I5 was the introduction and it was so crazy how I never, you know, thought we'll have a relationship where, you know, how many years later, you know, because it was... It's been a long time, you know. Been, so yeah, it was, what, I think it was what, 2006. 2006, 2007? It was 2006 I joined Hi5. So it was wow. probably 2007 that I got to know so you. So 16, 16 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, and we've gotten, I, I, we've gotten two marriages. Unfortunately, the first marriage I know from High Five, uh, the, they, they were much older. So, the, the, unfortunately, they passed away. They were both in the UK. Um, but they were an older couple. The guys from Kenya, he was born in Kenya and uh, married an older white British lady. And um, they both died one year apart. He died and then she died. And, wow. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he was the first person to let me know. Oh, he's gonna get married, and yeah, she was messaging me like, "Oh, um, I might." It, I don't know if his love is real. Like I was like, I don't know if his passport is trying to get ninety day fiance. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, they, I, they used to be cool with me, and I, I, I knew them from another room in uh, on uh, High Five. But uh, I think that was the first online community that I got was through High Five, and. Wow. Since High Five, I've never gotten an online community like High Five again, like I had on High Five, where I got the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, the other ones I've gotten have been mostly it's either I get some good or bad. It's it's like one extreme. The High Five had like balanced, which is yeah. weird to say. Like you found everything in one place and. So it's it's crazy. Like um um our our mutual acquaintance um Fab Sledge, um he's graduating. He just moved to America now and he's graduating um next month. Um hopefully I'll go see I'll be about his graduation and then he'll be on the podcast. Fab, yeah. Uh, Fab Sledge. Yeah, which which part? Which which part of America? Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's he's another person from the group. Um Jennifer is also in the UK. Sarah has been on the podcast. So it's just wonderful how High Five contributed a lot to this po- <laughs> to to the content creating community without uh, my realizing it. Because I did a lot of writing on High Five. You know, because, you know, a lot of it, yes, came through arguing. But I did, because uh, you, you could write and um, there were like blogs with, there were some places where you could like write blogs and yeah. post and that was how I started writing um on on soccer or football you know and um yeah and I wrote, I wrote a lot I did a lot of writing there but it was more from the point of arguing I thought I was just arguing yeah. but I was writing a lot of football stuff so really, yeah really <laughs> so I, I I I just wanted to give a shout out to high five because high five brought a lot of people my way which um 
Yeah, I don't think any. Well, yeah, Facebook has brought a lot of people my way too. Um, Twitter, um, Instagram, but uh, it all began with High Five. Because uh, yeah. I, I, many people don't still refer to High Five as a social media, but it, it was the social media for me. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it was the social media for me. And uh, yeah, so just my um, unofficial shout out. And it's like the way many people don't even, you know, there was one day I was talking to somebody, I can't remember who I was talking to. And the person was like, oh, I don't do social media. I was talking, 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 you know, I just like watching videos on YouTube. I was like, you know, YouTube, social media too. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but YouTube has been around forever. I was like, yeah, yeah but it's, it's, it's social media. You know huh? WhatsApp. People don't even consider WhatsApp. Yeah, they don't consider WhatsApp social media. It just feels like a normal contact list. Yeah, it's like, oh, but I, 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 I text, it's, it's a text messaging. I'm like, it's, it's social media too. They're like what? I said social media too. I'm like yes, it is. They're like what? No, it's not. It's not. It's not the same thing. It's not. It's not. It's not the same thing. You can I'm like, but you. The why is it not? Give give. Tell me why. Why is it not? The same thing that you get on social media. Or your or your your Facebook can get it on WhatsApp. Yes or no? Uh, it's not the same. Why is it not the same? Why? Uh, I mean, that shows that shows the good job they have been able to do, you know, to mm -hmm. be able to have integrated it into your kind of normal form. But it just feels like a normal contact list. Yeah. So, yeah, shout out to um, well, now R.I.P. to High Five. You 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 led the pathway, and um, unfortunately, I mean, I'm, I must give a big shout out to High Five as well. Yeah. I I met. Um, a lot of good people there. So I mean, I met you, and I met. Um, there's actually a doctor in America that I saw for the first time in 2019 when I came to America. But I've known her since high five days as well, and we speak um, you know from time to time. And ultimately, I met my wife for high five as well. I was waiting for you to say that. I was about to say, hey. No, yeah, no, no, so don't, I mean, don't go get me in trouble. Because I, I, I knew your wife <laughs> would call me and say... Out, I, think, <laughs> I think I have to give the, the biggest shout-out to High Five. <laughs> I, mean, I met my wife and that I've been married to now for seven years. Yay. You know, yeah, and last month, just two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, well, was, yeah, yeah well, just a few weeks ago. Because I, I, I got the, the, uh, the reminder um, in my, my memories, both Facebook and Google. I was like, oh, yeah, it was just a few weeks ago I was in the, in the UK. So, yeah, so for listeners, high five. High five. So for some of you who are too young, you might be like, what the hell is this high five they keep talking about? Yeah, there was something that existed way before Facebook. Yes, and uh, well, even some of you, well, I know some of the young people don't even talk about Facebook. It's TikTok now. Everything is all TikTok. But uh, way before TikTok existed, let me tell you. And I'm, now I'm 40, so I can tell. Let me tell you, young guns, high five existed. You ain't know nothing about the game if you ain't know nothing about high five. So now you know. It's when social media museum eventually comes out, we'll have a big space for high five in there. <laughs> So that, that kind of gave us the, the experience, and you know that's where many of us got used to, you know, interacting with quote unquote strangers. Yeah, people based all over the world with different ideologies, different mannerisms, different attitudes, different upbringings. You know, start getting used to all that kind of stuff. So when these days we see all this social media coming up now, 
is like it's very similar. The, the idea is very similar, so we kind of have that experience already. So yeah, yeah, we, we we don't realize that we we've been practicing for yeah. <laughs> a long time. We just think that oh, it's brand new. Everybody, nah, you've been in the game for much longer than you realize. So, um, I remember um, just before your 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 wedding, I remember you playing with cameras then and i was like oh if uh if you had asked me then like not you but if someone had asked me then that uh what is Osir going into if Osir is going into content creating what's your prediction i would have said strictly photography or film making if i had you know if i were to place a bet then i wouldn't have added youtube making content that will be more than one channel on youtube so how did you officially you know begin to embrace your content creating uh you know how did you begin to embrace your um creative juice within you and what what, what was the inspiration for em embracing the creativism within you okay so i've always liked photography from when I was young, because my, my dad is actually a very popular photographer in Nabo, in my town. Yeah. And Hope Photos. So um, people know my dad. In fact, many people probably don't even know my dad's like a normal name. They know him by his business name, <laughs> Hope, Hope Photos. <laughs> so from when I was small and uh, when I was young, I always played with, you know, this lighting. Because he did, after a while, he stopped doing it and went into uh, drinks business. Okay. So they had a big shop and sold drinks. So the photography equipment is still like on one corner. So the lighting, all that kind of stuff. We had, you know, back in the day, they used to like wash the negative. Yeah, yeah. So I used to play with all that a lot. And obviously around the house, there was a lot of pictures and stuff. So I've all, that photography stuff has all, kind of always been at the back of my mind. And obviously I like like beautiful things. I like capturing things that are unique. So for me, like every second that is passing is unique. Everything you're seeing, every second is unique. Like you're never going to get exactly that scene again. Mm. Every second is unique. Um, so I, that's why I, I started kind of taking pictures you know, to capture those memories that you know, tomorrow that thing is not going to be, even if it's just grass, like, that leaf is not going to be exactly like that again tomorrow. True. You know? So I started capturing like pictures gradually like that. And that's also definitely the camera. But I didn't really like to be in front of the camera because <clears throat> excuse me. I'm a bit camera shy. And generally, generally in everything I do, and I usually kind of operate from behind the scenes. I don't I don't usually like to be at the forefront of much things in general, many, many things. Whether it's in classrooms and stuff like that, I will not be the one maybe sitting at the front, I'll always be at the back. I will not be the one asking questions. You probably will not hear from me. Um, but in the exams, I will do well. Generally, things I like to operate from behind. So I would like to be behind. I always like to be behind the camera. So. Photography, it was easy for me to get into photography. I was not going to be in the front. As I speak to you, I don't even have a lot of, a lot of pictures of myself. 
you know, because I like taking it just for other people. Yeah. So that's how I kind of start get, I started getting into photography. And again, being my over planning self, I actually went and I did a diploma in photography. <laughs> I actually did a diploma in photography because I thought I needed a college, I got a couple of books, you know, actually read up about it and all that kind of stuff. And that's how I doubled into, into photography. And then obviously, I don't know if that, that's going to be a next question, but gradually, I started kind of going into video. Yes, connected. The, I mean, if, if, a, if a picture captures, um, let's say, so if it just says uh, a thousand words, then imagine what <laughs> what a video does, you know. So I kind of started moving into into as I kind of grew into video. Mm. Again, because I'm a very kind of if you like non-camera friendly. I don't use the word shy because I'm not really shy like that. But I'm just I just don't like to be in front of camera. So I I knew that one day I would do I would need I would need to be in front of the camera. I knew that I would, I would one day. So I kind of started practicing, and that was kind of at the time Snapchat came out. Um, I don't know if you use Snapchat, but that was. Oh, at the time I, I, I Snapchat have Snapchat, but um, yeah, but I don't. Yeah, okay. Got it. So I actually created the Snapchat. I didn't actually use my name. I just used a, a random name, and I actually, actually wanted to kind of, if you like, showcase other people. Yeah. So I started doing it. I would not post myself. I would post other people. Once in a real while, I would, I would post myself and started practicing, practicing. I know it's in, the good thing with Snapchat is you post it and in 24 hours it's gone. Yeah. That's it. So even if I was camera shy, at least I could, if you like, tolerate it for 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> After 24 hours, nobody's seen it again. So that's how I kind of trained myself because, I, like I said, I knew that one day I would need to be a photo camera. Mm-hmm. I knew that. I had something to do in the future, even though at the time I didn't know what it was, but I knew that sometime in the future, I would have to do something that I would do in front of the camera. Yeah. So I started kind of training myself and Snapchat helped a lot to that. Wow. That, that's good. You you, you found it. Um, I think it's the first time I've heard someone talking about using Snapchat to improve their creating skills and I think it's great because most times, you know, people tend to like, you know, oh, Snapchat is only for kids or perverts or, you know, all that. And we forget <laughs> that every app, there's a lot of great stuff that you can do. And there's a lot of, um, it, it can't, every, everything can be used to build your skills up. So um, there's someone who I'll be interviewing uh, very soon, um, about two days from tomorrow, and he's the reason why I'm about to be on TikTok now, because um, I met him recently, and he was like, "Man, you should be on TikTok. You know, you can use it to promote your podcast." And I was like, "Ah, you know, I don't put myself on camera like that. It's not like um, I, I, I call myself dark sexy or you know, a sexy back. You know, I call myself, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm confident with words, that kind of thing, but." I don't always worry about being on camera, though. But, um, you know, I can talk. Talking is not my problem. But yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just see the way people do TikTok, and I'm like, eh, I don't know if I really want to do that. But he said, no, nah. he, he talked to me, and he was like, there's so many things you can do. It's not just about you. Why, why you got to do what other people are doing? You can do your own thing. And he gave me some ideas, and I was like, huh, 
okay. Um, well, you know, it sounds good. I, I should try it. It's like, well, you already got some stuff you're putting on Instagram. Yeah. You can uh, repurpose this into TikTok videos. Uh-huh. And I'm like, huh, well, well, why not? It's like, yeah. No, you should, you should, you should so, definitely be on TikTok. Yeah, so it's like yeah. So um um myself and um um Corey, um the, the founder of the Black Podcasters Association, we were talking about it recently and he was he's about to be on TikTok. He was like, Yeah, I've been slacking too, I should be on TikTok and it's the same because sometimes you're just like, Oh, this young kids that are on TikTok, you know, so I don't need to be there and I'm like, Nah, that w- I can be I can be there too. I can put my own stuff out there and yeah, it doesn't mean that I can't use it to learn something. You know, the other day I was talking to another podcaster and she was like, oh, do, do you have Canva? I was like, no, I, but um, Josh has told me about Canva a long time ago. And she's like, yeah, Canva is every independent podcaster's best friend. Use it. Play with it. Just play with it. If you're not even using it for anything, play with it. See what comes out. And I'm like, you know what? That's the key word there. Play with it. You have Snapchat, play with it. If it doesn't work for you, fine. But play with it. Use it to build your skill. Try it out. I know many people in Nigeria, right? They, they literally, that's their employment right there. Play with it. So, you know, instead of, because if, if someone is busy complaining, oh, these children are using this to find a boyfriend or girlfriend, I'm like, is that what you focus on? Or you can focus on using it to build a skill, you know? You know, those things, it can be used for anything. Anything, so it's up to you, you, right? It's up to you what direction you want to go go with it. So, yeah. Some people use it just for education. Some people use it for business. Exactly. Some people use it for clients. Some use it to create awareness. Whatever. I don't, I I get notifications that, oh, one of your friends who's on Snapchat posted and and, and once in a while, I'll put my Snapchat app on. And when I open it, I will see, oh, um, New York Times, um, this big media, all this um, Real Madrid or whatever. They are also there. I'm like, all the big yeah. businesses are there. Yeah. And then it's you who's the independent guy who's like, uh, you know what, I only need to be on one or two because uh, I don't do social media. I'm like, man, quit limiting yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. That's what you I just said. So. And yeah. the thing is, you have to try a few of them because each of them have their own unique, like uniqueness. Yeah, uniqueness. And yes. then you will kind of find the one that you are you are comfortable with. That's you right. You just notice that you gravitate to towards one more. Exactly. So, for example, since TikTok came out, I don't use Snapchat anymore. Like Snapchat is almost dead mm-hmm. because TikTok is even easier for me. And because you can just do stuff on the phone, and there's a lot of inspiration because you can see what other people are doing, and it's funny, it's fun to do. So it just makes it easier. And you have limited time as well. That's one thing with Snapchat, because you also have, yeah, I mean, initially for me, because you have limited time, and this was one advantage that Instagram had in the beginning, where you had maybe 15 seconds to you know, pass your message. Yeah. Because you have that limit, it forces you to be to to almost be creative, even if you are not creative before. Yeah, because you get you get creative. You are not constrained to deliver your message in this amount of time. Otherwise, it's like you have not done anything. It's kind so of, it's kind of like to, an inst- the Instagram, well, sorry, not Instagram, uh, Twitter with its um, word 
Yeah, the, the characters on Instagram. Yeah, the characters. Yeah. So you have to send a message, otherwise you have to start doing one or three, one, two of them. Yeah. You have to deliver it. <laughs> like It's like when you have a bio. You have to try and make sure you deliver your message in that bio. Yeah. So it forces you to use less words, irrelevant words, and all that kind of stuff, and be able to you know, pass such a message. So, yeah, so when you use a few of them, you'll find a few, you'll find one that you naturally gravitate towards and hopefully build a community and hopefully whatever message or vision you have, you are able to pass it through that, through that form. For example, TikTok is one that I've been, if you like, quote unquote, the most famous on. Because one of my videos on TikTok, actually on TikTok got over 300,000 views on TikTok. Wow. And it was reposted on a few Instagram blogs. And in total, I would say it got nothing less than 2 million views. Wow, that means you, that you've, you've gone viral then. Yeah, that video actually went viral. Yeah. <laughs> and, up, up to, and this this video was done during lockdown. Yeah. So, uh, but even up to now, every week, the video still gets maybe 10 likes every week still. Like wow. 18 months after. So, for- know, so, so there's, the, there's the opportunity to, imagine you have a message you want to really pass to the world. There's, a, there's an opportunity for you to reach millions of people. For free. So for a video like that, does TikTok pay you? Um, well, they pay you, but you have to first meet the criteria. So I think at the moment you have to first hit, you have to first have ten thousand followers, is it hundred thousand or something like that? You have to first hit a minimal level of followers, and then obviously sign up for the creator forms, and then yes, they pay. Wow. So even even I mean just like everywhere. I don't I don't know about podcasting, but on YouTube the same thing. You have to first have a thousand subscribers and have four thousand watch hours before they start paying you. So oh yeah, yeah. You, yeah, YouTube. Uh, okay, yeah, YouTube. Yeah. Um yes, um uh, yeah, YouTube. I know. Yeah, so if you if you haven't hit this criteria, mm-hmm. even if you have hundred million views, yeah, you're, you're, you you're, you're not in the program. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that that's the. But shot, then shot there's always. I mean, apart from the normal payment, I mean, this applies to every social media. More there's even there's more opportunity to make money. Yeah. Outside. Outside of the. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Which is good to know. All right. So, um, one thing that I, I I know about you, and another reason why I I wanted to bring you here is uh from our conversations, like another person who we, we have on our High Five, who we got to know through High Five, who is also a content creator. I'm not going to say his name, but, you know, unlike both of us, uh, I'm, it's not like an attack on the person or anything, but it's like we one another thing we have in common is that you, with your content creating, you are not just about oh, I want numbers or I just want large followership. You also care about your content, about being reliable, about what you are putting out there, having um, meaning and people finding value in the content and like you can be held accountable for what you put out there. So why is that important to you? Um, I think it's my person in general, because, you know, as I say, a, a, fruit, a fruit doesn't fall very far from the, from the tree. So 
I think in every in about everything one does, I think it comes from kind of your personality and what is important. Like like for me, like things like straightforwardness, honesty, um, truth, at least at the time of like in relative to your knowledge at the time, yeah. those things are generally very important to me. So I'm not I'm you know, I don't have the need, for example, for popularity. To be honest, it's not like I mind being popular. I don't know. Maybe I don't mind it. <laughs> so I don't have a need for it. Um, I have a, 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 a purpose of why I'm doing that stuff. Yeah. Predominantly, it's not because of money. Predominantly, it's not because of numbers. It's, it's mainly because I have a message to pass. So even when it's not video, even if it's a tweet, even if whatever it is, even when I was doing Snapchat, even when I do TikTok, even YouTube, whatever I do, I actually have a, a message that is deep within me that I want to pass. And it's, it's very important to me that I pass that message. And I know that sometimes in content creation, there is that, you almost have to sometimes put some spices to, to make it, if you like, blow up. Yeah. So, um, but it's more important to me that the message is genuine. Because for me, I always think about later, later years. I always remember something one of my bosses used to say to me that when, when we are you know, 70, 80, and he described this, this picture that is in my head still. He was telling me then, I was a, a department manager. He was kind of, if you like, coaching me on how to handle my colleagues and stuff. And he was saying that whatever decision you, you make, whatever whatever you do, just know that when you are, say, 70s, 80s, you retire, that time, sales, profits, salary, all those things don't matter to you anymore. They are probably 40 years behind. Yeah. But there is one thing that will stay with you. How The decisions you made and how you treated those colleagues or those people that worked for you, you whether you like it or not, you will remember these things. Yeah. And it, it will be you who is sitting on your swivel chair, you know, and relaxing on your chair, your old age, and those memories will come. And it will be like you will be judging yourself. So, and he was saying that what you don't want is finding yourself guilty. You want to be able to remember those things and say, I, I, like, I did my best. It, it doesn't mean that it has to be perfect, no. but let it be that you were genuine, you didn't purposely hurt anyone. You didn't purposely cheat anyone. You didn't purposely maltreat anyone. It doesn't mean that you would not have maybe maltreated someone. Sometimes you can maltreat yeah, someone. There will be mistakes, obviously. Yeah. But, but what is important is that you have not done it deliberately. That yeah. hand, hand on your heart, between you and yourself, between you and your conscience, you know that you did not set out to purposely deceive, maltreat, cheat, or other kind of stuff. And he said, just remember that every time like you're making a decision. And I remember that because that actually aligns very much with even my person. So coming back to um, the content question we're talking about, whatever I put out, even if it's a blog, I want to be able to read it when I'm 80, or even my children to be able to read it even when I'm not here, and be able to see that this guy was being genuine. Mm. I'm, I'm not think on a camera. He was being fraudulent. Yeah. I will, re I will absolutely 
Like it would absolutely break my heart if my children watch one of my videos and think, oh, it was made for the language. So I think about those kind of so that, that kind of restricts me in what I what I do and kind of guides me, maybe not restricts, but it kind of guides me to stay in, in kind of at least what I know is is, is true and what is a good message, not because not just because I want to be viral. Yeah. But because I've done it for if it's like a good purpose. You you have uh, your guiding principles. Yeah. Awesome. So let me begin to wrap up and I appreciate you for giving me your time. But I can't have you here without asking two important questions. So you have traveled a lot and you make great content that adds value to humanity. But I need to know where where does your favorite food come from? If you had to give us one food right now, your favorite cuisine, where what is it and where does it come from? My favorite food, no, that has to be from Apple. <laughs> <laughs> That's smart. From Apple. <laughs> smart and not try to betray the cause. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't get to have it a lot because um, we don't have much of it in the way I live. Um, yeah. So what was it? called ujuju soup. What? Ujuju soup. Ujuju soup. I don't have Ujuju I had that soup. before. I don't think so. Oh, oh. Have you? I don't think so. Yeah, it's quite. It's quite. Um, it's a, a niche. Local uh, delicacy. I don't. I don't. I don't. Maybe the maybe people in those state might. might oh, have okay. It. If if those state has it, then. I'm not still chef. I'm, I'm, except I know it by a different name there. Yeah, I have it, yeah. um, and actually, actually, you know, you asked about the question earlier on about emos and stuff. Yeah, Abo actually has more links to it than anywhere else. Oh, okay. So, well, what what is the best? Um, is it meat or fish that goes with the with soup? Ah. <laughs> Bush meat. Bush meat. Okay, there we go. Bush meat. Yeah. Definitely All right. Okay. So that that that's that's your next assignment. You have to get that soup for me now. And <laughs> what, what 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 was the best thing to eat it with? Panadiam. Hey, the ultimate. In your panadiam, but yellow yam though. Do you know yellow oh, yam? Yellow yam? Yes. Oh man, what was the last time I had yellow yam? I can't remember. But you know yellow yam, yeah? Yeah, man, that that was a long, long time ago. I ate yellow yam. Okay, yeah. So yellow yam. Pounded, pounded yellow yam. Pounded yellow yam. That's a long. But they, they have that. They, 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 they form the what's it called? The pounded yam that we, the yam flour that we have. They, they should have yellow yam of that. Yeah. No. Well, not that I've seen. Okay. Not yeah, that I don't seen. recall. Not that I've seen. Okay, I know what I was thinking. I was thinking of the plantain one because that's yellow. That's, yeah, that's yeah, no, yeah, that's true. I've not seen. I was just I was just search. Maybe Jeff Bezos has uh, discovered that secret too. Because that, that guy everywhere now, he got everything. So I would be surprised if he has it. You know. So everybody who appears on this podcast automatically is considered a dancer. You know, if you claim you don't dance, we'll just stop recording and kick you out of the podcast. <laughs> no, they're considered a dancer. Yes, you're automatically <laughs> considered a dancer. So well, you, you of all people will know that I don't, I can't dance. Man, my friend, <laughs> we, we, it's too late now to deny. You know, we've already crowned you a dancer. So we need you to dance for at least one hour. <laughs> we need you to name three artists that will keep you dancing for an hour. 
Now, uh, you can't go and be giving us the most popular artist and be giving us Bonner. Bonner Boy is banned from this podcast. In fact, too many people have been calling <laughs> Bonner Boy. So, banning, banished, exile, exile that guy. You can't give us the Drakes. You can't be giving us those names. You know, you can give us one Agbo artist. You know, I don't think I know any Agbo artist. So, you can give us one Agbo artist. But you can give us some other names too. You can give us somebody from your part of uh, London. You know, yeah, we, yeah, we don't have, uh, we'll take a London artist. Uh, yeah, but, um, yeah. So give us three artists that will keep you dancing for at least one hour. Okay, three artists that you would not know, yeah? Well, well some of my audience might know, but yeah, okay, maybe that I might not know, yeah, but at least one from Agbo. Okay. Okay, let's start with, let's start with one from Agbo. Joe Morgan. Joe Maga. Joe Morgan. Morgan, okay. Yeah. Joe is Joe, J-O-E. And then Morgan. All right. That's from Ambo. All right. Um, I'll give you two from Ambo. The next one will be Akwete. Akwete. Why that name sound familiar? Chief Akwete. Chief yes. Akwete. Oh. I've heard this music before. It's my memory bank opening up all of a sudden. And then let's go with my UK favorites. Dave. Dave. Dave, yes. Hmm. Is he you know right? Is it rap? Well, it's not no, not really rap. It's not Craig David, right? No, Dave. Dave. D A V E. Dave. You never heard of Dave? I may have. I don't know. I mean, he's that... originally from Nigeria anyway. He's a UK artist. Ah. You should definitely check him out. Nigerians and UK. He's done. He's done one. He's done a track with um, Whiskey. That's all. Oh, okay. Well, that, 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 in fact, that, that the invasion, UK, UK music space, it's, uh, well. You guys are not, in America, you're not really conversant with UK musicians. Right? Uh, it's not we, it's, it's, it's me, because I, I have music from everywhere, so my music <laughs> list is. But you just, know, you know Stormzy? I know Stormzy. Okay. I, I know, I know, I know a few, I know my, my, my man Idris Elba is still my favorite, because I want him to be but on my it's, podcast. Idris Elba is more, um, uh, his music is his More music is his music is popping, but I have his music is still my number one because he has to be on this podcast. So you know, you know, it's also my it's also my unknown elder brother. It's just that's a story for another day. So you know, <laughs> so um, how, how do you say thank you in uh, Agbo? You make yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on to the next. No, one. no, no, no. You have to say it. Yeah. Wait, okay. Say it again. Me. Yeah. Why did I ask that question now? That didn't, yeah. So you have to say it. Yeah. I, won't let, I won't let you off now. Take over the podcast now. Hey. Why are you saying ka? It's ke. Ke. Yeah, so you guys, you see, I, I, other languages is much more easier for me. It's the one that's right next door to me. That's. <laughs> <laughs> You make yes, yes, you make you make you make Oh, thank you. Okay, you make man. This one before I even walk out of this building, I don't think I remember. <laughs> 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 so, final question for you, Jose. What would you like to leave the audience with? You can freestyle, can be from one of your blogs, could be from one of your poems you've written or read. 
uh, from Dave. Oh, I like to leave the other yeah. suite, yeah? Yeah, freestyle, you go. Okay, so, what would I say now? Well, uh, what, what would you, sorry, I have to kind of ask something else. Well, which, okay. Would you say majority of your audience are Africans? They're from or everywhere, not? but it's it's up to you. Just okay. Let me flow. let me speak. Let me speak to the Africans. Okay. Yeah. Let me, okay. Let me. So let me speak to the Africans. Uh, yeah. So the so the Africans listening, I think we have to do more to showcase Africa. No, no one is going to come and tell our story for us. We have to tell our story. So whether it's through podcasts, whether it's through YouTube social media any any opportunity you have go out there tell the story thank you all right so where can people find your beautiful work that you do and now uh, we're going to do definitely do a part two with you where we'll just strictly talk about all the contents that you do because you put out a lot of content so your part two definitely will just be about your contents but yeah so today was just your origin story and agbo mostly but yeah let the people know where to find you and your content. Okay, yeah. So um, most of my content is actually on YouTube. Um, I'm obviously on Instagram, TikTok, and, and the rest. But most of my my content is actually on YouTube. Um, like 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 you're saying, maybe we'll, maybe we'll dive in more later. But basically, on three YouTube channels at the moment. Um, Kind of a YouTube YouTube premium, <laughs> <laughs> upcoming YouTube premium. So I have three YouTube channels. The first one is everything Ika. That's predominantly focused on Ika land, where I come from. That's the showcasing everything about Ika. So if you're interested in learning more about our people and Ika land as a whole, our culture, our language, music, all that kind of stuff, check out everything Ika. Ika is IKA on YouTube. So that's the for that. The second one is my dear African. So that is where from all my experiences and from what I've seen from traveling abroad, I discovered that there's actually a bit of a, a knowledge gap between Africans in Africa and Africans in diaspora. So on that channel, I showcase Africa and I share the knowledge. And the most recent one is Palo Pitch. So that is where, that is an investment platform um, for African SMEs. SMEs are small and medium scale enterprises where you know, people pitch their businesses, and if the investor likes the business, they invest. So that is Palor Pitch. So those are the three YouTube channels where you can find me a lot. All righty. So most definitely, we'll have you on a part two. Um, maybe for your birthday, we'll do a part two for your birthday. <laughs> but no, before your birthday, we'll definitely have you here, and we'll focus mostly on the YouTube channels and we'll talk on each one. And yeah. So, um, say, say the thank you again because I already forgot it. <laughs> make make yeah, yeah, make yeah. Josh, you want to try it? It's like, it's like, it's like the American, you make it, you make it. Well, Josh, Josh, yeah, you got it, you make it. Okay, you make it. See, I got it right, awesome. So, for to the audience listening, you make it, and uh, everyone. Don't forget, come back next week. New episode. Thank you for the privilege of your company. And uh, Ose, thank you for the privilege of your company and your time. Um, keep the love coming in. Subscribe, donate, buy our merch. Keep supporting and sharing. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoy the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show, or you want to be on the show, send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at White Label American. Thank you for your support.